शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रेमानंद हरि हरि गो प्रणाम टू ऑल ऑफ यू गुड इवनिंग थैंक्स सो मच फॉर योर प्रेजेंस एंड द गिफ्ट ऑफ योर एसोसिएशन आई एम वेरी ब्लेस्ड फॉर्चुनेट टू हैव द चांस ऑफ शेयरिंग विद ऑल ऑफ यू असेंबली ऑफ पाइशनर्स हियर प्रेजेंट सो टुडे वी आर इन आवर लास्ट डे आई मीन माय लास्ट डे नॉट योर्स इन इन द यूके टुमॉरो हेडिंग टुवर्ड्स सेक्रेट भारत इंडिया so we are sharing one last session of harikata so since this is our concluding meeting the idea was okay this is our last session of harikata let's speak about harikata in itself sometimes we speak harikata and sometimes we speak about harikata which is harikata one of the varieties of harikata is to speak about harikata one second so that has been the choice of today's topic the glories of sri hari katamrita in other words the glories of those conversations those topics about sri hari which are amrita as we will explain today the different possibilities of the term amrita translated sometimes as nectar as immortality as the nectar of immortality and so on so this is in itself um the festival sometimes we hear about okay we will have a festival with the vaishnavs and there are different notions about what's the the festival in itself what's the gist the essence of the celebration what's the main event if you will in the in the show if you <laughs> and the conclusion is the main aspect of the celebration is mostly harikata the, the, the central aspect of the meeting is to sit down and speak and hear topics about mm, the lord of our heart mm, our prananath our praneshwar mm, about that personality in relation to whom we want to deeply fall in love with basically because that's the goal of bhakti to fall in love with hari he himself has a name that lends itself to fall in love with he's hari he's the one who takes away not only takes away obstacles but takes away our heart basically so <clears throat> so this is very important point especially for all of us who are sadhakas practitioners Uh, who are in the process of falling in love with God. This is not a joke. This is not a cheap thing. How to fall in love? How to learn how to fall in love with God? One thing is to fall in love, as we have already experienced, uh, but not with God. So try to imagine the the, the change of center. No, now the, the project is to fall in love with God. So he's not an an ordinary person. He's the supreme person, so it's a whole art—the art of falling in love with Bhagavan. So, 
this is generally termed in Sanskrit purvarag. Purvarag means the prosperous the, the stage in which we have not met Krishna directly. We have not had what's called sakshat darshan or direct meeting, personally interaction with our istadev. But we start to hear about him. We start to speak about him, and therefore we start to think about him. And all that put together in a particular way, as we will speak today, implies we start to fall in love with him. By hearing about him, by engaging in Harikata again. So Purbarag means, I've never met Krishna, but I've fallen in love with him by hearing about him. There are many examples in Shastra about this. Rukmini, here I have Rukmini Dwarkadish, very beautiful darshan. So Rukmini, since she's present here, we have to honor her presence. <laughs> she was a famous example about that. She heard about the qualities of Krishna. She never met Krishna in person, but she heard enough to fall in love with her and to write a letter to Krishna asking, please kidnap me. And I want to give myself to you fully. So I never met you, but I've heard about you. I've heard Harikatamrita. And this is, was enough for me to have my heart stolen, basically. That's the God we worship. Someone who will enter in our heart no matter how many obstacles are there in the way and how many obstacles we ourselves may still present on His way to trying to <laughs> capture our heart. As Srila Bhaktivedanta Dev Goswami Maharaj has put very nicely, it's not only that we are looking for Krishna, but He is looking for us. And basically that's what makes uh, our, our own search have some meaning. He, 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 he had the initiative through the sadhus, through the parampara, and we are trying to reciprocate with that. Like this famous story of the two policemen in India, my Guru Maharaj likes to share this. Very nice narration where they say, well, we are worshipping a god, Krishna, who is a thief. Hari also is a way of saying the thief. So we, got, we worship the thief god. It kind of sounds like an oxymoron. No? Like on one side you have God. And who is your god? What's his business? He's a thief. Okay. And they are policemen. No? So the policeman is trying to not promote thievery. So one of them were one telling what the other. I think it's a problem that our God is a thief. No? It, it kind of gets in the way of our our own job. And the other one, of course, took a more substantial take and said, "No, no, it's not a problem at all because the nature of a thief and a good thief <laughs> is that he or she won't care for high walls or locked doors, whatever it may be on the way. The thief will go straight." To whatever he wants to, to have, to take, his reward, the ultimate reward. So all those high walls, all those locked doors, are exactly what we have built around our heart in order to prevent someone from entering there. But our hope is that Krishna is a thief. No matter how high the wall, how locked the door, how many passwords we have used, Krishna will be able to cross them all and reach our heart. So that's our hope. He is a thief. So in this way, the second policeman replied, making this point. Hari, that's the idea of Krishna. He's Hari. He's the one who, who takes away our heart 
And one of the most uh, immediate and user-friendly and charming ways he's taking away our hearts is through Harikata. Harikata. By hearing about him, his nature is so charming, so enchanting, so captivating. His Hari again. That by hearing about him, even without noticing, we start to fall in love with that person in the very organic and natural way. So, Harikatambrita Mahotsa, this is what we are celebrating here. Our main celebration is to speak about Hari. That's, that's in, in itself the festival. Because Krishna is described in Shastra as himself being a festival. He himself is a festival of beauty. He himself is a festival of harmony. He himself is a festival of love and grace. His very person is a festivity. So to speak about him, about him who is a festival, that's a festival, basically. So Krishna is a festival... And we organize a festival to speak about the festival, <laughs> to speak about he who is the ultimate form of, of celebration. And that's we are, why we are all so much fond of kirtan. Kirtan, some, some way of translating kirtan is celebration. Why? Because our istadev, the person we worship, the person we are trying to fall in love with, is in itself a festival. So we celebrate that opportunity. And so many things we can say about him. That's the point. One of the names of Krishna is Uttama Shloka, or he who is praised by the most selected poetry. So it means no matter how refined language, how perfect usage of words you get, it will never do justice to all the things that you can say about him. But we try. We try. Ikshati Nashabdat, say Vedanta Sutra. You can never... Speak. I mean, you can say anything. What do you can say about the divine with your limited words? But you can never say enough, we will say. We will try our best. He of his who is multi-glorious, as we say yesterday, Urugaya. He who is not only glorious, but multi-glorious. So, Harikata Amrita Mahotsa. This is what we are doing here. This is the festival. Sometimes we have this... Uh, maybe relative idea for something to be a festival there has to be like spotlights or neon lights and I don't know, some rock band playing or, or, or some famous people being there or some big stuff going on but for us the festival is Harikata coming from sincere hearts to sincere hearts you know, that type of interaction that's worthy of celebration that's the greatest event that is being honored by great, great personalities. Even though we may not be seen here, and we may be expecting, oh, we were hoping that 108 people may come or something. I remember one famous story when Srila Prabhupada was in, I don't remember in which country you may know better than me. Here? Okay, so that's much more, the example is even more, much more applicable. <laughs> so he was here, one of the very first, I imagine, events. And the devotees were organizing some public talk for him, so he was, he came, he gave the talk, but in the audience, it, it was not full packed room, if you will, as the devotees maybe were expecting and wanted to, to offer Prabhupada a, a full room with whatever, 16,108 people or something like that. So at the end of the lecture, they went to Prabhupada and say, oh Prabhupada, excuse, excuse me, excuse us, no, sorry, we wanted to, 
but there were not so much people coming. There were people, but they were having their own idea of how it should be. And Sula Prabhupada looked at them and said, what do you mean but no people coming? I, there was not the moon in the audience. It was Vyasadeva, this was that personality and that other personality, this, 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 this. Because when Harikata is invoked by pure devotee, of course, like Srila Prabhupada, naturally all the assembly of, of all the parade of all parampara is there listening. That's the nature of Harikata when it is spoken by by a great soul. Always something new will be there. What better example we have than Srimad Bhagavatam itself? The main session of Srimad Bhagavatam has been spoken by Srila Sukadev Goswami to Pariksit Maharaj. So who was in the audience? Apart from Pariksit Maharaj, there was a whole parade of great yogis and sages and devotees from different lineages. And amongst them was, for example, whom? Vyasadev, Srila Vyasadev, and Narad Muni. So you know where my point goes. <laughs> Vyasadev is Sukadev Swami, father and Bhagavad Guru. But he was there in the audience listening to his son and disciple speaking about the Bhagavatam. Because he knew whenever some realized soul is opening his mouth, her mouth to share Harikata, something new will come, something charming, something incredible will come. So Vyasadeva was there, and not only Sri Vyasa, but Narad Muni as well, who was Vyasa's guru. So try to imagine the situation. Now Sukadev Goswami was speaking, and his Guru Dev and his Param Guru Dev were in the audience hearing. Because they, they didn't have this type of consideration. Oh, no, no, he's my, this, my disciple, he's junior to me. I don't have nothing to learn from them. This is not how the great personalities think. They are able to grasp the essence, Saragrahi. The same thing happened with Pariksit himself. Pariksit Maharaj was the king of the world, an adult person with full experience, a great sage who left everything behind in, in his quest for the ultimate truth, looking for a guru in his last week of life, as we know. And when he was looking for a guru, you can imagine, the emperor of the whole planet, he won't accept everyone and everyone and anyone as a guru. But he was a Saragrahi, essence seeker at the same time. So when he saw Sukadev Goswami appearing out of the blue in the scene, Jadrit Chaya, by his own will, and he was like a naked boy of 16 years old, I mean, he recognized he's my guru. Try to imagine, my, try to get my point. It's not about external credentials. No, it's not that, oh no, he's younger than me, I'm older, he cannot be my guru. No, he's not wearing clothes, what's going on here? <laughs> like Sukadeva was coming like an Abadut. So many external considerations that for someone with real vision um, are not a main consideration. So, this idea of Harikata, whenever sacred discourse, is invoked with honesty, authenticity, sincerity, the whole parampara becomes present and blesses the event. Maybe invisibly, maybe again, externally when we think, oh, we are like just 15 fellows seated here in this room, no big issue. But again, like Srila Prabhupada will say, Vyasa is there, Narada is there, all these great personalities are coming to 
to bless our endeavors, if there is sincere interaction between speaker and hearer. And this is one of the main practices for us as, as Vaishnavas, as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Harikata. Harikata is almost, I will say, the most important thing because it's what Sadhu Sangha is all about at the same time. So many ways, so many times we hear Sadhu Sangha is the essence of everything. Sadhu Sangha is the all in all. The most important thing to, for the beginning of Bhakti, the most important thing when we reach the goal in Bhakti. Krishna Bhakti Janmamol, how is Sadhu Sangha? Krishna jan, Krishna Prem Janmetenho Punar Mukya Anga. Krishna Sadhu Sangha is the root cause for the birth of Bhakti in one's life. So Bhakti comes from Bhakti, Bhakti comes from Sadhu Sangha. And when you reach Krishna Prem, Punar Mukya Anga, this Sadhu Sangha remains Mukya Anga, a main aspect of the practice. It's not that, okay, now I'm a Prem Bhakta, I don't need Sadhu Sangha any longer. Mm. But Sadhu Sangha is crucial at every stage. Mm. But the, the point is, what Sadhu Sangha about? Sadhu Sangha is not about just like social dynamics. No, let's get together and have fun for a while and socialize a little bit. How are you doing? So long. Nice. See you. See you soon. Sadhu Sangha Kijai. No. But it's about getting together for Harikata, mm. for speaking and hearing about the object of our love, of, of, about our common ideal. Because if we don't get together to go deep, deeper into our common ideal, why we're, how, how much together we are getting <laughs> when we say we are getting together. But together for what? For promoting not a common ideal, not a universal value, so in that sense, we are not really getting together. We are getting separated and distant from each other, even though externally it seems we are quite close physically. <laughs> and we, went, we, made, we met at this place and we had pizza and things like this. We got together and so on. <laughs> but actually the real proximity has to do with how much we are willing to increase our commitment with, our, with the common cause, as we spoke the other day, with our ideal, our deeper ideal. So that's Sadhu Sangha, that's Harikata. To speak about Krishna, it's not just only like professional discourse. Okay, Krishna this, Krishna that, did that, he's like this. Okay, go Hari no? but, but to try to do it in such a way that we see our hearts transformed. We experience some form of conversion, constant conversion, constant attraction, constant transformation. Harikata is not information, it's transformation. There is some information, but it tends, it has the intention of creating transformation, a revolution, as the Bhagavatam says, basically. So, and the point is, this Sadhu Sangha, again, has a lot to do with Harikata. You take, you take out Harikata from Sadhu Sangha, and the only thing that remains is called Asad Sangha. A satsanga, which is something that our acharyas have uh, cautioned us against. A satsanga tyag e Vaishnava achar mahaiparu What's the main achar, the main behavior of a Vaishnava? He or she will avoid a satsanga. A satsanga means, let's say, connection with the unreal, basically. Get together to go deeper into our illusion. <laughs> 
to get farther and farther from reality, getting together for that. That's a satsanga, that's totally unbecoming. And the opposite of a satsanga is satsanga or sadhu sangha. So, for example, when Raghunadas Goswami, our Prayojan Tatpachara, he asked Mahaprabhu, give me a personal instruction. So the very first thing that Sri Chaitanya Dev said to Dasko Swamiji was Gramya Katana Sunivik Gramya Vartanaka Ive. Indirectly he praised Harikata. He said, Do not ever speak gossip and do not ever hear gossip. Of course, this doesn't mean only do not gossip, but indirectly means speak. You have a tongue, you have to do something with that. Do not do this with your tongue, but the indirect implication is, do this. And do this means Harikata. Again, embrace Harikatambrita. Do not gossip is another way. How, will, how, how will I be able not to gossip? It's not an easy thing, especially in Kali Yuga, especially with social media. <laughs> so how to engage that organ that takes me to gossip, mostly my tongue, by engaging it in a higher way, by giving my tongue a higher taste, in the form of prasad for sure, <laughs> and in the form of harikata, which is another form of prasad, of relishing the remnants of what has been given to us. No? Prahlad Maharaj says, material life is punapunas charbita charbananam, to chew that thing that has been already been chewed by others, no? which doesn't seem too attractive. Like if I give you, a, how do you call this thing that you chew? A gum? A gum? So I chew that for one hour and it's for you now. I was like, okay. <laughs> I appreciate the, the attitude, but I don't know. <laughs> no. But Harikata in its own way is like, it, 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 it follows the same principle, but in another way, we are hearing Harikata speaking by us to us by the sadhus, and they have heard that from their own gurus, and they have heard that and they have chewed that, ruminated on that, processed that, digested that, and they share with us the the chewed product, if you will. And we are to take that and have our own experience and so on. That's what Karampara is about. Hmm. So to speak Harikata is the very first thing, again, that Mahaprabhu told Raghunadas Goswami, indirectly, by saying, do not gossip. I mean, if you really are attentive, when someone tells you do not gossip, you, you won't conclude, he told me not to gossip. Strictly, he told me, speak about that which is the opposite of gossip. No? Like when we say to the devotees, I don't know, uh, do not be violent. What does it mean ultimately? What's the positive side to that instruction? Be compassionate. Mm-hmm. And that's so many implications, so many layers of that. Mm-hmm. Not to do this, not to do that, that's only half of the, of the equation. What to do? What's the positive, progressive side to all of this? So again, the tongue is the most difficult sense to control, as Thakur Bhaktivinoda has said, so we have to give tongue an engagement. Bachovigam, Rupa Goswami said, try to control the impulse, the urge of speech, which doesn't mean stop speaking. Although sometimes, if we don't have anything good to say, it's better to cancel the tongue function for a moment. (laughs) Hmm? Sometimes one wants some... Some disciples of Prabhupada went to one yogi who was doing Mona Brata, which means not speaking at all for maybe five decades or something. <laughs> Strong bow. And he was writing some things when he needed in a 
I'll say chalkboard. So the devotees went in a little bit naive way, like trying to challenge the yogi, like implying, you are not speaking anything, but higher than not speaking anything is to always speak about Krishna. Which is, is right, but if you say that, you have to be walking the talk. <laughs> so the yogi heard them, and he wrote in the chalkboard, chalkboard? He said, and are you doing that? He put. <laughs> like implying, if you are not doing that, sometimes it's better not to say anything. But when, when you know what to say, of course you can be 24-7 engaged in speaking about positive content, Harikata. But again, that may not be always the case. So we need to avoid at all costs this Kramikata, hmm? this gossip, which is a great part of this Asad Sangha. So again, Sadhu Sangha, what we are trying to experience now, getting together, associating with each other, is all about hmm, Harikata. You take off Harikata, no longer we have Sadhu Sangha. We have a social circle of who knows what. The Bhagavatam says that Susru Sosradhanasya Basudiva Kataruchisyan Mahatsivayabipra Punyatirta Nishivanat. He's mentioning here in the very beginning the Bhagavad is saying, which for us is the main source of Harikata. So when we speak about Harikata naturally we go to the Bhagavad. And the Bhagavatam is saying by increasing or by associating with sadhus, by embracing Sadhu Sangha, Vasudeva Kata Ruchi. Your taste for Vasudeva Kata, for Harikata, will increase. So, this is the main point. What's the result of Sadhu Sangha? Your taste for Harikata will increase. Which, of course, means will increase because in Sadhu Sangha there is Harikata. You follow? It's not that I associate with devotees, there's no Harikata whatsoever. But the result of that is my taste for Harikata increased. How will that happen if there's no Harikata in Sadhu Sangha? So the Bhagavatam is saying, by Sadhu Sangha, Harikata, Ruchi, the taste for that becomes upgraded. Why? Because in Sadhu Sangha, that's the main thing that is going on. To speak about the object of our love. And, and, and to speak about, of course, not always necessarily directly about that. Because we can also speak about our particular personal situation, the stages we are in, and many so-called relative details that we need to solve in our devotional project to become uh, integral, whole persons, human beings, so we can be a better lover of God. So, directly it doesn't sound like you are speaking about Krishna, narrating Krishna Lila, as in the Bhagavatam, it is depicted, but you are speaking about all those things that, that by embracing them will take you to take full advantage of that direct Harikata or Krishna Lila. So, by extension, that's a form of Harikata also. So, it's important to be aware of the different nuances of Harikata. It's not only we sit and speak about Rasa Lila, Denukasura Lila, whatever Lila. We can also speak about how we have as sadhakas, as practitioners, can navigate the different waters and chapters of what all that it means to be a practitioner to follow so it's and, and that will be a very one of the main ways also to show amongst ourselves affectionate affection for each other mm-hmm. Rupa Goswami said Dadati Pratigrinati Vuhyama Kyati Prichati 
to give gifts, to receive gifts. To open the heart, reveal our minds, and receive others' hearts and minds. All this has a lot to do with Harikata. Harikata in itself is a gift we can give and receive. And that implies opening our heart, giving our hearts to others. Krishna very beautifully describes Sadhu Sangha in, in the second of the Chatur Shloki. The Gita, Bodayanta Parashparam, He's mentioning there, my devotees always get together, they always think about me, they always speak about me, their lives revolve around me, Bodayanta Parashparam. They enlighten one another by speaking about me, by doing that, they nourish each other, and they develop a taste amongst each other for what they are speaking about. So that's the very definition, as we see, of Sadhu Sangha, and immediately speak, including Harikata. You cannot speak about Sadhu Sangha without immediately saying Harikata, 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 at one point. So this Harikata, like Sri Harinam, is not different from Sri Hari. That's a very important point, why Harikata is so important, because whenever Harikata is invoked, Sri Hari is present there. The famous story of Ramanuja Acharya, or some followers of him, I think. There were two of them, three of them speaking, among them, like in a cave in Chaturmasya, like this time, torrential rains were there, they were not able to go out of the cave, and they, the three of them, started to share their hearts and to speak about in a confidential way about the object of their love. And at one point, the three of them have a, let's say, a, a simultaneous epiphany, com- confirmation like, we are three here, but all of us feel the presence of a fourth person here. There is someone else here. And the, the other one said, I feel the same. There is a fourth person. And the third person said, I feel the same. There is a fourth person here. And the three of them, of course, look at, the, at each other and conclude, yes, this fourth person is that person we are speaking about. Now, where is that the Bhagavan? He has become present in the form of Harikata. This is what Sri, Sri Radha says famously in, in the Brahma Gita. We have been studying this along the last month. Dustya Jastat Katarta. When she is suffering in separation, terrible separation, when Krishna is no longer in Vrindavan. And she, basically at one point, she starts to glorify Harikata. And she says, Dustya Jastat Katarta. It's very difficult to live, not to say impossible, actually, to live without speaking about Krishna. He's the very kata arta, the, the ultimate purpose of all speech faculty. And for all of us in Vrindavan, she's speaking, all our speech faculty naturally goes to him and converges in him. We cannot, we don't know how not to do that. <laughs> she will express that like, we don't have that capacity. But actually we'll say, that's, that's the capacity in itself. <laughs> no, I don't know how not to speak about Krishna. No, that's not the fault. <laughs> the fault. Like the gopis many times think, okay, let's try to forget Krishna for a moment. He's giving us so much headache on a daily basis. So let's try to not think about him. So they sit, sit like joginis and start to meditate and concentrate and make their maximum effort. And they have very powerful yogic capacities <laughs> to direct their minds somewhere else. But the point is, for them, there is not somewhere else. There is no second option in their minds, in their hearts. There is not 
something else apart from him. So after a few minutes, they look at each other. Were you able to forget Krishna for a minute? For 10 seconds? For nanoseconds? The other one? So they express themselves, we are not capable of of forgetting Krishna. It's our lack of capacity. And we will offer in our pranam to their lack of capacity, (laughs) praying for that to come someday. So in separation of Krishna Shirada will say this. She will say, in separation from Krishna, somehow I'm maintaining my life. I have not died. Of course we know Shirada is not dying in separation from Krishna because she knows if I die, that will make Krishna suffer. And I don't want to make Krishna suffer. Even the thought that Krishna can suffer tortures me. So I somehow or other I will sustain my life in separation. So basically she says, I can survive without Krishna, but I cannot survive without Krishna Gata. That's actually what keeps me alive, she will say. So I can live without Krishna, but not without Krishna Gata. And that's why she cannot but speak with Krishna at every single moment. Because, again, Krishna Kata is non-different from Krishna. So Krishna is not there in one sense, but Krishna is there in another sense in the form of Harikata. And, and that's what gives her and everyone his devotees her life back. This is a famous other verse of the Bhagavatam which the gopis are mentioning, maybe this is the most famous verse of the Gopi Gita, the famous song of the gopis in separation from Krishna. So the gopis say there, Tabakatambritam taptajivanam kabibiriditam kalmasapaham shravanamangalam srimadatatam bhubigrinantiye this is one of 19 verses called Gopi Gita. So here the gopis are saying, Tabakatambritam, they are singing to Krishna in separation. He disappeared from the Rasa Mandal. Tabakatambritam, there the term Katambrita comes. Your kata, Tabakata, your kata is Amrita. Amrita means, again, nectar or given, giver of immortality. Taptajivanam. I'm giving the general interpretation of the verse very briefly. There's another type, layers of esoteric interpretations shared by Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, very beautiful, but no time today, <laughs> too much. So, Tavalkatamritam Taptajivanam. Your kata is a giver of life for those whose lives are being scorched in the fire of material existence. So, it's like a f- f- huge relief and shelter, giver of real life, new life, katharikata, this life giver. Kavibiriditam kalmasapaham. This harikata is spoken, praised by the topmost sages and poets. And among other effects, harikata is cleansing the heart from all misgivings, cleaning all obstacles. Shravanamangalam srimadatatam. It's very auspicious to hear Shravanamangalam and srimadatatam. It possesses full power, full beauty, the beauty of power, of the power of beauty, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> to, to create a, a, a crucial change, comprehensive change in the heart. And therefore, bhuvigrinantiye jibhuridhajana. Therefore, being harikata, such a gift, such a blessing, non-different from hari, those who are dedicated to share harikata 
are the most compassionate and generous welfare workers that we can find on earth. That's the highest form of charity, the Gopis conclude. The highest form of charity is to spread Harikata. Hmm. This is a very important verse of the Bhagavatam. Mahaprabhu loved this verse too much. This was the verse that Prataparudra Maharaj recited to him hmm, when he conquered the king of Puri appears as a devotee and he reached Mahaprabhu finally and chanted this verse. Mahaprabhu started to embrace him and to dance, dance in ecstasy. Hmm. So, Harikatamrita. Hmm. So, Harikata means, again, Amrita. Hmm. Harikata is nectar. Nectar means is sweet not only as a means, as a sadhana, as a practice, but as a sadhya in itself, hmm. as a goal. For us, Harikata, as we mentioned, is not only a method, but it's also a destiny. It's not only a bridge, if you will, but a place to, to stay and reside eternally, forever. Hmm. And it represents the ultimate type of Amrita. Sometimes this term Amrita is present in different parts of, of the Shastra, but here it refers to a very specific type of nectar or sweet substance. For example, in Shastra it is described the nectar of, of immortality, sometimes they say, so-called immortality, that, it, that it is found in, in this heavenly planet, the Soma, or the, or the nectar of the experience of Swarga, of the heavenly planets, which is a, a, a heavenly delight that may last for what it may seem eternity from our perspective, <laughs> but from the perspective of eternity, whatever enjoyment you may have in the heavenly planets is just like a, a blinking from Vaikuntha, if you will. So it's not, not a great thing. And eventually it's over and you have to return. So it's Amrita only between quotation marks. It's not that nectarian and it's not immortal for sure. Because Amrita means Amrita. Eternal, non-mrityu, non-death. Then we have the nectar of liberation, or moksha, mokshambrita, which again is a nectar that has more to do with stop suffering, stopping suffering, entering into the plane of eternality. There is a place for that immortality, but still, it does not speaking about the positive content, the nectar of. Lila, the nectar of loving interaction, the sweetness of the different types of uh, relationships we can have with Bhagavan in terms of bhakti. And then we have the last, ultimate form of Amrita or nectar, which is Harikatamrita, which are, we are speaking here. So Harikatamrita is a current, divine current, of, that comes in the form of sound, remember. Sound is a more subtle and powerful current that can come to our lives. So Harikata enters in our ears, and from our ears it may pass through our head, we, it, makes, we may, it makes sense to us, and from there converges into the ocean of our heart, conquering all the different directions. That's why Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta will say, I won't ask anything from you, but one thing. He said, just give me your ears. Lend me your ears, Nothing else. But he knew that's the, <laughs> the place from which everything else will be. All the different corners of our inner being will be conquered. Mm -hmm. So if we lend our ears for hearing Harikata, if we allow Harikata to be poured, poured, poured in, our, in the cups 
of our ears, as sometimes described, the nectar enters into those cups, eventually all of our functions will be overflowed. That's how the Srimad Bhagavatam begins. But here in the Bhagavatam, with sincere attitude from a sincere source, immediately Krishna establishes himself in one's heart. Of course, immediately may, may mean one, two lifetimes, when you reach the ultimate goal as we spoke this day. That's immediately, in comparison to uncountable lifetimes being wandering who knows where and how. So in this way, the, Srimad, the, the, the Harikata, this Harikatambrita, is not only medicine, but it's also, as my Guru Mahesh would like to say, it's also food. In certain stages of our life, some things we will take to get cured from certain sickness. But when we are healthy, that same substance still is nourishing us from another side. Still being healthy, we can take that. It's like an Ayurvedic medicine that you can take when you are sick and when you are healthy. This is a famous verse from the Bhagavatam in this regard that I may like to share. We have some minutes with your permission. This very famous verse, fourth verse, first chapter, tenth canto of the Bhagavatam. This is one of the verses that it is said. Vyasadev gave to the woodcutter when he sent the woodcutter to bring Sukadev Goswami back home. When Sukadev Goswami disappeared, jumped from the room of, of his mother. Being 16 years old, don't ask me how he did to remain 16 years in the womb. But he went right to the forest, not, not attracted by anything in this world. And, and Vyasadev saw his son running, 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 and he thought he's so qualified to, to receive Bhagavad Kata, to become a vessel of Harikatamprita, and to continue with this current in the future that. I want him to return home. He wanted him to return home not because of like parental, paternal attachment, but because of attachment to the Bhagavatam, attachment to allow the current of the Bhagavatam to overflow the world. <laughs> so that, he was concerned for all of us. He was thinking for all of us when he was chasing after Sukadev, son, son, return, return to me. So he was not successful in bringing Sukadev back. But he sent some woodcutter to the forest and told him, taught him some Bhagavad verses. And it's said by our acharyas, this was one of them. So in this verse, it is said, Nibrita Tarsheru Pagiyamanat. Babosada Chutra Manobirhaman. Kauta Mashloka Gunanunabat. Pumambirajita. Vinyapasukyan. This Bhagavatam is so. This source of Harikata, again, this is a glorification to Harikata and to the Bhagavatam at the same time. Nibrita Tarsheir, those who have no Trishna, no, not Krishna, Trishna, Trishna means uh, thirst. So, those who have no thirst, in other words, for this world, those who are not attracted for this world, like Sukadev Goswami and Atmaram, totally self-satisfied. Upagiyamana, nonetheless, they engage their functions in singing about Bhagavan, in Harikata. This is kind of a parallel to the Admaram verse of the Bhagavatam. Babos Sadat Chotram and And why they do so? Because Babos Sadaj. Because 
This Harikatha, Harikatamrita, to begin with is Bhava Sodat, is a, a medicine to cure Bhava. Bhava in this case means material existence. As we spoke in Finland, Bhava with long, with short A is Bhava. And Bhava with long A, Bhava, means ecstasy. And Bhava means shorter type of existence. Bhava means wider, broader experience. Divine existence, divine love. And Bhava means samsara. <laughs> so the, the Karikata is a medicine for samsara. But Shotramano Virama. By hearing such a discourse, Mano Viramat, the mind becomes totally pleased. It's a medicine, but it's not like most medicines. Generally, most medicines have a bitter taste, are not really sweet and pleasing and charming. This medicine is totally sweet. And not only that, as we mentioned, but whenever you get cured from your whatever sickness in this world, as one friend of mine will say, all of us are mayaholic. No? <laughs> you have alcoholic, you have addicted to this, uh, we're all of maya shaktiholic. <laughs> so whenever, uh, at the point that you get cured from your addiction, that medicine, which already was sweet, now starts to have another function and becomes food, because becomes starts to nourish you. Like I mentioned, there are certain Ayurvedic medicines like ashwagandha or some others that you can take when you are sick for a particular reason, but when you are totally healthy, you can still take them because they are nourishers and they help you to keep fit and so, so many other functions. So, Harikata is something like this. No? You embrace Harikata in the state of sickness in the material world, but you get cured for that. And you still embrace Harikata. Now Harikata became something more even. Not something less. No. Again, in the beginning, that was more of a means to stop suffering, let's say. A method to transcend illusion. But when you get to that point, you realize, oh, now Harikata is showing its real face to me. It's appearing as the goal in itself. It's a goal unto itself. It's a, a total... Uh, again, elixir, sometimes also this topic, this term has been rasayanakata. Satam prasangam mababhidya sambhido rasayanakata. Harikata, rasayana is like elixir, you have the word elixir, like a tonic, like an elixir, that not only cures you, but like inspires you in a particular direction, gives you a particular taste. But of course, for this to happen, and with this I'm finishing my today's discourse, it's important that we hear with the proper attitude and from the proper source. Scripture will say, if you hear Harikata from a proper source, and from with, with improper attitudes, like, like drinking milk that has been touched by the lips of, of a serpent. So it, it, it sounds nourishing, but it will be poisonous. Because there is no real uh, attitude, basically. This is the famous story of Gorky Shortas Babaji when someone was given Bhagavad Saptaha. This is a classical exposition of the Bhagavatam for seven days, like trying to replicate the original seven day exposition between Sukadeva and Pariksit. And he was a famous uh, exposer of, of this type of 
presentation. So everyone went and they invited Gorkishore Das Babaji. So he went to, after the whole like session finished, they asked Gorkishore Das Babaji, so what do you think about Harikata? <laughs> and he said, I think that you should purify the whole room with cow dung. <laughs> which is an antiseptic substance which is used for purifying something that has been contaminated. So everyone was like, he had this kind of reply, you know, like Abadut like replies. It was not the statu quo type of, very nice, very nice. <laughs> say, bring some cow dung, he said. <laughs> and I say, why cow dung? Uh, why pur- purifying the place? But the Bhagavatam has been spoken for a week. Which, which further need we have of purifying the environment? The sound of the Bhagavatam, the Harikata. Gorkishore say, Harikata, Bhagavatam? I never heard that. The only thing I heard was rupee, rupee, rupee for seven days. Uh-uh. Money, money, money to purify the place. So the, the meaning of this was the person out, outwardly was speaking the Bhagavatam. But the background of that was he was making business with the sacred revelations. He was using the Bhagavatam. He was using Harikata as a tool to gain money and to live, with that money, to lead a life separate from what Harikata is about. That's an important point. I remember once, I was given one series of, one study of the Bhagavatam that took like six months. And we were asking some donation for those who want to participate in the, in, the, in the series. Of course, if someone will tell, I don't have any money, they were invited to participate. But it was some contribution for, for the cause. It was, it was not for, for me to travel to Cancun and have my private vacations on an island or something. But the point is, someone read, there was some flyer and it said some contribution and someone wrote to say, you're asking money for the Bhagavatam and that's an offense to the Bhagavatam. Because it is mentioned in the scripture, you shouldn't make a business out of reciting Shastra, out of the Bhagavatam, Harikata. So, of course, I personally never thought I'm, make, I'm making a business because whatever money was, Lakshmi was coming, it was not money, Lakshmi. I mean, it was not for me, it was being used in the service of in the ashram and the seva of Thakurji and so on. But just in case, I spoke with my Guru Maharaj and said, this happened, Guru Maharaj. You know, I'm giving this series of lectures, we asked this contribution and someone was complaining, disturbed that you're making a business, this is an offense, aparat to Harikata. And, 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 he, I, and I really appreciated his reply. Not because I was the one involved or something, but because of the point he made. He said, the, off, the offense is not about asking for money or not. But again, making a business with that. It means you ask for money and that money you are using in, in something different from what the Bhagavatam is teaching. But if you are trying to align your lifestyle with the ideals of the Bhagavatam, there's not, not only there's no problem by asking money, but actually by asking money, those who are giving that money are getting purified by doing that because that money is being invested in a lifestyle that tries to follow the Bhagavad. Of course, easier said than done. One has to have, be sincere and honest. <laughs> but that's the, the principle of the idea, to follow. So externally, may seem one thing. Externally, may seem, again, 
like this, these two examples I gave. On one side, there's a great pundit speaking the Bhagavatam, no Sanskrit, sings all the verses in three different ragas, and everything is totally like paka, <laughs> and knows the Bhagavatam by heart, maybe even. And one may say, wow, this is, this is Harikata. But the, behind the curtains, there's, there's a separate, there's a clash, there's a separate lifestyle. There's not a, a, a connection with what I'm saying. I'm not walking the talk, basically. So that's not Harikata. And on the other side, you can have the other example. It seems you are charging money for that. It seems you are making a business. But maybe if there is proper attitude and sincerity, everyone is getting purified by that type of interaction. So again, it's not. We have to go beyond the form to really understand what's going on in, in, in the name of Harikata, from the side of the one who is speaking, and of course from the side of the ones who are hearing. We are not to approach Harikata again in a in a way that I want to be enter- entertained, for example. I want just to have a good time or something, but there is a commitment in hearing Harikata. It's divine discourse. Passing through the sadhu, Parampara is present there, trying to reach our hearts and trying to create a particular impact in our hearts. So we have to be willing to that. Every time we sit for Harikata, we should be willing to, I want to experience conversion here. I'm willing to that. Because if not, I'm just coming for what? For hearing something that I, re- I already know, something that will entertain me, something that may just distract me for a while. No, we want to be committed with the ideal. And that's how we really have to approach the, the sacred text, for example, as we were speaking yesterday, I think, with, with one devotee, you know, about, the, for example, the Bhagavatam. Again, our main source of Harikata is not a book. No, it's not just a book that is there, you take, you open, you read, Strictly speaking, the Bhagavatam is not to be read. The Bhagavatam is to be relished. That's the invitation that the Bhagavatam is giving from the very onset. It's very onset. Third verse, what does it say? Nigama kalpa taror galitam palam sukam mukadam brita drava samjuttam pivata bhagavatam rasamalayam mura ora sika bhuvi bhavukaha. So this Bhagavatam is not a book, it's a fruit. It's not any fruit is the most mature fruit of the desire tree of Vedic knowledge. And it's Amrita, it's a nectarian, again the word Amrita comes here. And it's coming to us through the mouth of Sukadev Goswami, who like a parrot, he's biting, biting a fruit and making it even sweeter. So in Parampara, the narrations are passing from one sadhu to another, become increasing their charm. And, Pibhata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam. Oh, you relish this Bhagavatam, even after, immort- after immortality. This is a post-liberated status. The Bhakti is a post-liberated status. It's something to do after immortality, my Guru Mahesh will say. Gaudiya Vaishnavism specializes about post-liberated life. <laughs> we have so many things to, to say about what's going on once you enter immortality, which is like, wow. I mean, most people cannot even start to speak about reaching immortality. The Gaudis will say, we'll like to speak about what's going on. Immortality upwards, if you will. <laughs> so the Bhagavatam from the birth is very honest in saying, try to relish the Bhagavatam. Not read the Bhagavatam. It's not just a book to read. No? It's a fruit to relish. 
And ultimately you realize it's a place to stay. Hmm? My Guru Maharaj would like to say, again, the Bhagavatam is not a book. The Bhagavatam is a place of residence, eternal residence. And if you look closely to the Bhagavatam, if you really enter into that reality, at one point you will find, oh, there is one blank page here in the book. And it was not a print, printing error. <laughs> but the blank page is for me to fill with my own story, basically. With my own life of bhakti. That will become part of the story of the Bhagavatam. Because the Bhagavatam is about Krishna and the devotees love for Krishna. So we are trying to be one of those devotees who have some love for Krishna. Remember, Harikata is about hearing about Krishna, falling in love with Krishna. So eventually we will fall in love with Krishna and that will begin a whole love story. That will be one of the pages of the Bhagavatam that is constantly expanding and growing. So this is the way to conceive and approach this notion of Harikata. It's not just a book, it's not just a static thing, but ecstatic. It's not passive, it's living, active. And it's again inviting to all of us to, to be part of that to be part of this festival, of this celebration. So the very fact that we have the chance to speak about that is for us a source of great fortune and blessing, and, and that's the celebration, that's the festival. So thank you very much to all of you for giving me the chance of <laughs> sharing some Harikata, some words about Harikata, and because without your presence and your in, in deep attention, I have nothing to do on, over here, so it's a 50-50 equation. With both, par both parties are equally crucial in this project. So, I think we are almost in time, but I don't know if there is any question we may address relatively quickly, because we will share some Hari Kirtan, also in complement with Hari Kata before finishing. But if there is any, any question that may leave you without sleep until my next visit to the UK, please present that. I don't want to create any <laughs> insomnia in the audience here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, maybe it's a little bit long worded, but I've tried to write it down to try to convey what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it's probably a question that you've been asked before. Maybe it's quite a common question. So, like first thing, Thank you for all of these talks in this last week. Um, everything that you're speaking about today in terms of like the, the transformation effect of Harikata and the Rasayan, I you know, really feel it practically, you know, from all of these things that you're speaking about. And yesterday in your talk you mentioned this example of like the conductor and the orchestra, you know, if we surround ourselves in an mm -hmm. environment of bhakti, then we can be all, all that we can be. Um, and you mentioned about saintly people being like the pollinators of the hearts, you know, because they're the bearers of bhakti. So, um, yeah, as I say, we, we, you know, we can see this and we experience it practically in these times, in these moments when we are in Sadhu Sangha. And, for example, so, you know, when we have some, like, retreat with our Guru Maharaj, things like that, in these moments, it's, this is all very clear. I imagine where the question goes. <laughs> yeah, I think you can. So, uh, yeah, when these times are ending, like, we naturally feel sad, but also have a kind of a, not exactly a fear, but a, a kind of a fear, you know, that we're not going to, we're not going to have that same consciousness, you know, after these times are over, 
um, you know, rather that we'll become overwhelmed again by material energy, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, it seems that even though every, we have our daily sadhana that we do, you know, mm -hmm. channel mm -hmm. rounds daily, read something daily, um, you know, hear classes, but it's, it's not the same effect. Maybe it's because in these times we are more completely absorbed mm -hmm. with everything else mm -hmm. becomes insignificant. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why. But so my my question is really like, what advice would you give to like to not lose optimism or to feel that you know, we're going to become overwhelmed, mm -hmm. again, but to actually like stay positive and mm. yes. Okay. I don't know if the ones online connected heard the question. <laughs> Namrasa, have you heard? Saragrahi, Carolina, yeah, they heard the question. Okay, great. So yeah, this question is, is in the list of the top five of the most presented one, especially when one festival is just finishing. <laughs> so this nostalgia starts to linger. But I will say that, how to say, I mean, ideally, every after every one of these meetings, we should feel there is some development in us no? because if we feel oh now it's nice the festival is over everything goes back to normal as usual and every after year the same dynamics happening come ups and downs but we are never growing it means that shouldn't be happening it means you are not really taking advantage of this meeting so the point is if we really get absorbed in these meetings and i understand the cause of enthusiasm by concentrated focus in group, I mean, that creates a, a result and we are having a glimpse of what it will, what it will be in, in more committed stages of our practice because the point is, if we get a glimpse of that, if we get a taste of that, we should start to wonder how can I adjust my life more to have more of those moments. Somehow, again, not in a neurotic way, but in an intelligent and systematic way and with longing. And how can I spend more time in this type of meetings? How can I make myself available for that? Maybe I have accepted certain commitments in life that do not allow me to be 24-7 in that dynamic. Uh, but I, I shouldn't be discouraged by that. I should take responsibility for my choices and try to connect those choices with all these things as well. Because it's what I choose. What I'm choosing. I mean, if you want to choose something else, the option is there. But we have chosen something. We have to be responsible. So I will say that if, if you are experiencing something beautiful in, in some concentrated sangha, like the experience we have had these days or, or, or these last times with many of you in Europe and other places, naturally the, the feeling, instead of feeling... Oh, now tomorrow everything is over and I will go back to... No, ideally we shouldn't allow that to, to happen. Because if we are already allowing ourselves to feel that will happen, we are always already opening the door for that to happen. <laughs> we are already there. <laughs> no. Instead we should try to feel, oh, I'm receiving such a new wave of inspiration that I, 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 I will try to maintain this as much as possible. And this is... This inspiration is taking me to wanting to increase my commitment and my practice. Of course, not in a naive way, in a sustainable way, being realistic with all the other <laughs> duties we have in life. But also that f flame, that longing has to be there somehow. And not just entering into, oh, tomorrow everything goes back to normal and everything will be lost. Who knows what thing will... It means we have not really taken advantage of the experience. Because if we took advantage of this meeting, we will be fired up. 
No? So you have to do something with that fire, basically. So the point is, yeah, getting together with the local Sangha and things and think, what do we do with this fire, this new flame <laughs> that is burning now? And, and, and even if, if, if with times and circumstances in life, sometimes the flame may get a little bit diluted, and that time a new festival for sure will be there to make us again. But again, my point is not just the dynamic of now I'm on fire and in six months I'm about to leave everything and oh, just the sadhu came again and saved me. And, and always it's up and down to the same levels. No, every, every time we should be, should be increasing our inspiration and commitment. So the question is now, what do I do with this? No. What do I do with this inspiration, with this kataiper, with this experience I have? an association that increased my faith. I mean, and of course, I cannot reply that for you. This, this is something that we have to ask to ourselves very deeply and, and see what, what comes as a reply and how much do, you, do we want to, to embrace that reply and to gradually modify our life to get closer and closer and closer to that that we feel and know we would like to be in forever because... To enter into spiritual world basically means to enter into that dynamics with no return ticket ad infinitum, but it has a price. No, so the price is, has to be paid in the here and now, in the present moment. No, and, and, and gradually in our daily life, trying to get closer to that ideal and, and trying to integrate all the other complexities, non-integrated complexities, as we always say, to that higher ideal. So it's a nice time for reflection and introspection and going deeper you know, after being having experienced certain magical things. If you, you know. So what do we do with those epiphanies, with those revelations? Not just continue my life as, as it's normal. And say, oh, now comes again the ordinary stuff back again tomorrow morning. It's not like that, but just how can I keep this, you know, protect this, nourish this, and, and, and keeping connection with the sadhu somehow or other. It's, it's a form of union and separation, if you will. No? So the dynamics of separation, uh, now we are experiencing, uh, how to say, in, impending? No. What is it's about to come? Impending separation from each other. <laughs> so it has a purpose also. It has a purpose. Of course, to bring, bring us back in union and, and renewed joy, but also to invite each, each one of us to, to be thoughtful and, and, and deep, contemplative about what's that thing that we have experienced these days all together? What's the value of that? What's, which, what's the place for that in my heart? What will I do with that? And, and to think about that deeply, 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 and we are, if we are really thinking deeply about that, when we get to that proper level of death, again, we are meeting each other. No? <laughs> No. In separation even, there is union in separation and eventually also meeting in flesh, if you will, officially also. But remember, there is union in separation, so that's, that's the challenge. No? Separation is coming, how to keep the union in separation, how to keep the flame in this particular current. And separation has the potential of helping us to internalize many things, meditate, go deeper into what ex we experience Externally, if you will, not externally, it's internal, but in this particular situation, so what? where the event is no longer there with the devotees, each one is in their own place, whew, no? meditate and go deeper into what was that for me? You know, what, what can I do? So, and pray and practice with 
renewed intensity and for sure some, some reply will come. And we will grow and we will mature and the next meeting will be upgraded. The next one will be upgraded until there's so much upgrading that we will have to meet there in, in a place that corresponds with that level of upgrade which is called Golok Brindavan, Golok Navadiv. That's the ultimate upgraded <laughs> stage. And there's no end to that from now on. So that we are beginning all that journey together. It's part of the journey. It's not that one thing is here, another thing is there. It's, it's an organic journey that starts right here and goes right there. <laughs> so we have to conceive all this in, in such, a, such a glorious way. And we are part of that. So many things to to engage our mind and thoughts and emotions till we meet the, the, the Vaishnavas again, if you will. But the Vaishnavas are there. You have very nice Vaishnavas in your own house, so don't forget that. So, Sadhu Sangha is always available if we, if we want. Okay. So, we are almost on time. I see that Namrasa sent me one question. I hope you may forgive me, Ram Namrasaji. I will skip your question. But please share the question in the thread in Facebook and I will reply to that in these days, if possible. Because here we have also to, to leave the... I mean, to do some activities before closing the place. So I will close here the Harikata with, with your permission. And we will do some brief Harikirtan and then share Bhagavad Prasad. So, Srila Gurudev Ki Jai. Shriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai. Sri Harikatam Brita Mahotsav Ki Jai. Gaur Fakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Pramananda.